0: Lord, thank you so much. What a great song to end with, Lord. Father, in our hope, Lord, that we get from you, Lord, is, Lord, it's you. You are our hope, and you are our rock, and that's what we stand upon. And uh, as in these confusing days, Lord, um, I pray more people, and especially your bride, would uh, keep their eyes on you, you know, and glean their strength and their peace from you. We love you, Lord, and we're just asking, Father, to give us clarity, you know, these days that we live in. Exciting, sobering, but exciting. So, Father, again, we pray, Lord, as we study the Word, and kind of change some things up this morning, that you, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just Speak to us individually and collectively as a, as a church. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Just again, thank you for this opportunity to worship. It's in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Wow, huh? Huh? Jeez. Glad I bought toilet paper. <laughs> look, look, I've already been yelled at about how you're making too light of this. I'm not trying. I, this is serious. You know, I get it. That's why I've changed up my message just for the people that stayed home. But um, um I, just thought, I just was in there reading a an article, um, you know, don't stone me but it was a psychologist and he put out this thing about the unnecessary fear that people are going through right now and how much more dangerous it is the fear than actually the virus and what it's doing uh right now they've amped up extra police protection in chinatown isn't that crazy you know and we saw that too before during the wars you know and uh um, the hospitals are trying to scurry around. They're trying to find people with extra medical masks because so it's, 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 they're gone. I mean, not, I don't know, guys. I, you know, I was watching the news just like you. Fist fight in the aisles over bottles of water. You know, the place is empty. It's panic. You know, someone says, no, we're just being precaution. Not what I'm, what, not what I'm reading. Fist fight in Costco's. Uh, store clerks begging people to stop running with their carts. They're going to hurt the kids that are in there. And, and I get it. You know, I, I get the fear. I mean, I, I understand it. But I, I wish I had time to print it out for you to, to hand it out about um, the real thing that's going on with with the virus today. The CDC just put out an article. Just 3,500 people have died from the coronavirus. 3,500 compared to 20 to 25 mil, uh, million that died of the flu, the common flu. Anyway, and somebody says, oh, you know what you're going to... Listen, if you watched President's speech the other day, he had that one the shorter guy that came out. I love that guy. He was great. But he talked about the curve, and I think the best thing for us to do is be, be precautious, you know, to lower the curve of, of the epidemic, you know, the, the virus. And we should. We should take every caution we can. It's breaking my heart. I just saw a family leave with their kids. And I said, oh, Lord, please, never again. You know, I never want this church to have this close its its door on anyone. On anyone. And and think about this. All right, so you've stocked up with your water. And by the way, why are people making a mad dash for water? What's wrong with the plumbing? (laughs) What, is the coronavirus going to get in our plumbing and destroy our faucets? I just don't get that part, you know. Why is fear and its panic? It's not healthy. It is not healthy for a nation. And uh, I get it. And how many face masks can you buy? It's not fear. What about the dear the father who sprayed his kid down with Lysol? We looked at that and we thought, that's crazy. There's more carcinogens in the spray than, you know, and you, and here parents are spraying their kids down with Lysol? Oh, come on, come on. Um My goodness. Anyway. So um, you know, I was struggling all week because I we were going to be following, you know, just our regular study. But the Lord really laid on my heart about a message, you know, just fear, you know, and anxiety and panic. And we might even, it might even be a shorter study than we're used to, and the worship team will come back out. But if you don't mind, guys, I'd like to change some things up just this morning. And next week we'll we'll be back and we'll be in uh, Matthew's Gospel. Um, you know, looking at that woman who anointed the Lord's body with with uh, uh, Spike Norton. And that, we'll do that next week. Um, and by the way, if you want, really want some, some real solid information and, and you won't feel duped about it, um, his channel, I think it's called, on, on cable, you can just type it in. They just did a great thing last night on the coronavirus and the effect it's having and and Jack Hibbs, uh, I was going to uh, show his his address uh, to his church this morning, but it's like 22 minutes long, and the timing wasn't working out. But if you even want to go and get on uh, Calvary Chapel, Billy, what? Ch- Chino Hills, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, uh, Jack Hibbs does a great thing on the virus and how the believers should be um, handling it and... You know, that, you know, the first thing he says, stop panicking, will you? So anyway, but for right now, let's look at a few passages and uh, turn to Isaiah 41. (laughs) Yeah, Isaiah 41. Uh, Of course. One of these passages is my life verse. I know they, they put this thing up here for my feet, but I think I'm going to trip over it one day. Um, Isaiah 41.8, it says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, uh, the seed of Abar, Abraham, my friend. But It's always nice when you can hear God call you, you know, his friend thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God, I will strengthen thee. I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with The right hand of my righteousness. Turn into the New Testament. Into Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Verse 6 and 7, very familiar promises to us. But there's a reason why I'm asking you to turn to the familiar ones. Because sometimes the familiar ones are the ones that are unlikely that we humble ourselves under. They become mantras, mantras. They become like just repetitive things and they have no... Potency in our life anymore. But anyway, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace, boy, the world needs that, huh? The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep, that word keep can also be translated, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Then a little further to the right, first um, Peter, if you'll turn there, First Peter, chapter five. Chapter five, verse six and seven. it says, "Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God." that he may exalt you in due time casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you can we stand once more and pray over these texts father we love you and we just adore you we thank you for jesus and i think sometimes lord the the church your bride lose sight Of so many claims that you have made about us, our identity, who we are, um, how secure we are, Lord. We lose sight of those and, and just because of the subtleness of how the enemy brings about fear and anxieties. And we then even forget some of our life verses that we have leaned on so many years and i'm glad father for kind of moments like this in a way lord where we can just sit and we can talk and remember lord your promises and uh how you view us and uh, i and i pray lord that maybe i'm preaching to the choir this morning and and but maybe this is a message that others can go and share with their family members or um their colleagues lord and maybe those that they know are gripped with all kinds of anxieties right now lord i pray father that this season lord that we're going through as a nation would only turn your people lord your this nation to you father and that uh that again you would cause maybe even a revival from this (laughs) lord i pray for our president uh, that your hand will be upon him and for this new cabinet of, of people, Lord, that are being formed to to protect the country and to come up with rhyme and reasons. And would you please, Lord, guide them and guard them. And, and uh, again, would you please, Father, just give your church that awareness of who they are, that they might be able to say, this is the reason we have hope. And this is the reason why we're not panicking. So again, we love you, Lord. Please bless your word. Bless it to our hearing, to our minds for understanding. And more than anything, Lord, may it just take up a a permanent place in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said together, amen Amen and amen. Again, just uh, so people know my heart, I know a lot of people are watching us live stream right now. The numbers are telling us anyway. Live stream and um, and Facebook and all. I'm not making light of this. I really am not. You know, I'm taking all the precautions that um, everyone else is. You know, I'm not going to spray down my grandkids though with Lysol. I, that's going a little too far. Um, and again, uh, just give due diligence, but don't don't panic, and don't be so fearful that it cripples you. You know, like you won't go visit someone because you're afraid of contact or if God's laying something on your heart to, go, you know, to minister, you know, just, this will pass. You know, in a, in, a, in about three weeks now, uh, we'll probably be back in full swing, maybe even two weeks. That's what the profess uh, professionals are saying, that that curve is lower than they even expected, praise the Lord. And, um, and that may, hopefully it'll be, I just want to open the doors again. That was so hard for us this week, Jerry and I, and Juan just thinking, what do we do? We've called Joe, we've called out to the West coast. I called medical doctors and, um, you know, it's just kind crazy days. I get that. But the reason I wanted to change, um, just change suit somewhat is just for a reminder for the church to remember who they are. And of course um, you know my my life verse is here in isaiah forty one ten you know um, many of you you knew, you knew my story. I was a really fearful kid. everything I did was it was all predicated upon how fearful I was you know if if I got into fist fights, it was because I was fearful that someone didn 't think I was tough if if I got kicked out of the schools because I was fearful. I ran away from home because I was fear. I mean, I, I was always a fearful kid, you know. And I, and, and I know I got saved, but that fear carried on right into my relationship even with God. And But the Lord, one, one summer evening, as I was sitting on this little crazy bay cliff overlooking a bay at Cape Cod, the Lord spoke to my heart and gave me this verse, Isaiah 41.10, not to be afraid. You know, when God tells you not to be afraid, there's some power behind that. You know, you can tell everybody uh, uh, until you're blue in the face. Hey, you don't have to be afraid. But when God says, you know, don't be afraid, uh, there's something that just resonates in your heart. And as a result, it changes your life. And I'll touch on Isaiah 41.10 in a second. But starting with verse 8, and the reason I'm using um, the Old Testament is because the way God viewed Israel, um, in a way, is the way he views us today. His church, you and I, if we're born again Christians, you know, we really have God living in our hearts. He's just not, you know, a God that one day will sort everything out and one day I'll see him. No, there's a relationship with the believer between God, um, the Lord, the Holy Spirit and, and ourselves. Verse 80 says, but thou Israel. And the first thing he says, you're my servant. Now, the reason I want you to circle that in your Bible is because the word servant in the Hebrew is, is, yebed, And it doesn't mean like a servant that's under the taskmaster's whip. Um, Yebed means literally same word we get um, bond servant in the Greek New Testament. A, a, A slave, a servant that loves God. And that's you and I. And, and he says, you, you're my um, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. Well, my goodness, I could have just done a Bible study on the very fact how we've been chosen. You, you've you been chosen. You know, and, and again, it's not like God chose just to let go of us. Okay, I want to save you, but good luck for the next 60 years. And that's how some people view God sometimes. Oh! And we begin to panic, but we forget, no, wait a minute, I've been chosen. And if you think about it, chosen before the foundations of the world to live in this time period, a time period where we could actually see the second coming of Jesus Christ, rapture of the church. I don't know, we're special people. Are you with me this morning? You've been chosen to live March fifteenth, two thousand twenty. Oh, I wish I wish I was back in the fifties. You ever have a time period where you just kind of wish you grew up in? You know. No, what a glorious thing to say about us that you have been actually chosen before the foundations of the world to live. March fifteenth, and you know why I know it's March. It's my wife's birthday. You know, but but it's what a blessing. Isn't it? To know God has chosen us for this hour to live. Folks, it's not time to be fearful. It's kind of time to rejoice. You know, that in the last days there would be earthquakes and famines, pestilence, infectious diseases. We get to live in this time period to tell the rest of the world why they could have hope because our Lord's coming for us one day. Amen, guys? So, anyway... And I love the latter part of um, verse eight there, where he says, "And Abraham's my friend." Well, how do you relate that to that? Jesus call us his friend? Do you ever view yourself like that? Like yeah, I'm a friend. Of, I'm a friend of Jesus. He's my man. He's my best friend. Right, it says in John fifteen fourteen, um, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I commanded. Henceforth, I don't call you servants. Now that word servants is I'm not calling you a slave, for a slave knoweth not what his lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made them known to you. And that's what real friends do. Amen, gang. You're, why why has this thing taken us? Or no, listen us. Why has this thing taken many by surprise? You know, what's the next thing? Hey, is it going to be a major earthquake? Look, I'm not a doomsday. I leave that for his channel and, and Jack Hibbs and all those guys that like to talk about those weird earthquakes in various places and all. You know, but are we going to be ready? Are we going to open this church as a lighthouse church? If there was an outbreak, would we say, hey, doctors, nurses, come use our church, use our facility? Or will we all be all freaked out and close our doors? Gang, that's not what the Lord wants. He's made known these things known to us. These things are coming. Rejoice, be glad. Right? Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Hey, in my Father's house, many rooms. If it were not so, I'd have told you. Behold, where I go, I come again to receive it unto myself. He's coming. He says, I've called you friends. Verse 9 in Isaiah's passage. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth. And my goodness, we could... How many of you guys uh, were saved in um, a a different state of, of this country? Rather than... How many of you guys were saved in Jersey? Was there a revival? <laughs> well, we've but been, we've been called from all parts of the world to be a part of his bride, right? Our brothers and sisters right now, my brother-in-law goes to China two or three times a year. You should see those believers that's been called. You know, we've been gathered from all over the, the, uh, the world to be, to be his bride, he says, and called thee from the chief of men and said unto thee, you are my servant, I have chosen thee. And listen, that not cast thee away there in verse 9 literally means I haven't thrown you away. And it's almost as if it's a rebuke. Please listen and dial in here. So many people, when they deal with conflicts or they deal with things like this or what we're going through, literally they start to think or maybe they just give a maybe a little bit of room in their in their mind. Maybe God has forsaken us. Maybe God is lifting His hand off of us, maybe we're on our own, and some Christians act like they're on their own when we've given the precious promises I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I will always be with who you to the end of the age, till when it's finally all over, then I'm going to call you to myself, and then we'll be together forever. He doesn't leave us gang. He doesn't throw us away. He even hasn't... Listen, he hasn't thrown America away, praise the Lord. Right? Listen. Things... Got to remember who we are. And the best passage that I can think of as I was going through this is in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. We call that passage, by the way, the song of the redeemed. The song of the redeemed. There's going to be a group of people in heaven... That once the scroll was handed out, no one was worthy in heaven or or, or, or under heaven, worthy to open the scrolls. Jesus comes up. He takes these scrolls. He opens it. And then a song breaks loose in heaven. And part of it, it goes like this. And they sang a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seal thereof, for thou wast slain. And you have, notice, you've redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And you have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we will reign on the earth. Speaking of the millennial, God views us a lot differently than the world does. But God views us not just as servants, Not just as friends, rather, but he says also, you're viewed as kings and priests, and one day we will rule and reign. Why am I bringing that up? Hey, it's not the end. This isn't at the end of the world as we know it. And people are thinking that's a hymn song right now. It's a beginning of something beautiful that's going to be poured out on the earth, gang. He's, things are not out of out of his control. One of my favorite verses in First Samuel is in First Samuel chapter twelve, verse twenty-two, where he says, "For the Lord will not forsake his people for for his great name's sake, because he because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people." Oh my goodness, we could just again take a whole day and study who you really are to God, the bride. Right? We use that word. Often now because of studying prophecy, right? But you're the bride, right? You're, you're his beloved. You're called saints. You're called sons and daughters. You know, you're called the apple of his eye. You're called the adorned one. Oh, there's one after another. He describes who you are. Hey, listen, he hasn't forsaken us. in verse 10 it says fear thou not and why because he's always always with us he never leaves he never forsakes he says don't be dismayed oh king james don't be afraid don't panic god's got this he says don't be discouraged There, that's what, yeah, um, it says, don't be dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And he is victorious. Amen, guys? There's another passage I want you to turn to. It's a very familiar one, but sometimes just to see it. And again, if I could just say this, it's one thing to know these scriptures, But it's another thing to humble yourself under those scriptures. Because you can have all these verses memorized and start to chant chant them out, mantras or whatever. You know, where if you look at it and you go, Lord, I'm going to humble myself under this text and believe what it says. That verse, that passage becomes more alive, more exciting, more meaningful And more apt to be memorized. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. Starting there. If you'll turn there real quick. Oh, it's up there. No need. In Romans 8.28. He says, We know that all things will work together for good to them that love God. Question. Do you love God? Do you love God? You know? That's a question just for the inner man. And I hope and pray you can say, yes, I do love him. I might not have the whole Bible memorized. There might even be doubts that I deal with from time to time. I might even be in a struggle somewhere in my life. Maybe even emotionally I'm a little wrecked. But the bottom line, the number one question is, do you love him? Because if you love him, you can look at this verse, humble yourself and say, you know, God, I know what I'm going through. I know what my country is going through. But you know what? For those who love God, That something good is going to come out of this. You know, um, years. And again, I'm just going to share a couple personal stories that I have gone through. Again, I I deal with fear. I deal with anxiety. And anyone who says they don't, you know. What what can I say? You know, go to the doctor and be given that one report. You know, you got the big C and your heart will be gripped with fear, no or yes, of course, but I remember one time, and this was a fear that i couldn 't control. Um, my granddaughter w- w- went through a thing it was called noroblastoma. it was a cancer. she was two years old and uh, and she went through this treatment, um, an experiment she was one out of twelve um, with this crazy T cell freezing transplant i 'm not a doctor. i don 't understand that stuff. But, with, you know, and years went by, and we thought, wow, praise the Lord. You know, God really did a miracle there. Thank God for the miracle. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my daughter calls and says, Daddy, uh, M has a tumor in the brain. So what happened, right? Your heart begins to experience anxiety and fear. You start going to the Bible. You start looking for the, you know, fear not for I am with thee. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. You know, cast all your cares upon him. He cares for you, you know. And they become just things you're saying. But the reality of it is, that whole time I never really humbled myself under the passages that, of Scripture that he gave me to believe them. And when she called after the surgery was over, I was watching the grandkids' arm was up in the up in uh, chop, and when Jenny called, she was real emotional. I thought, oh, she didn't make the surgery, right? I think the worst. So I went, I went into dad mode, and I said, honey, it's going to be a... No, dad, you're not. No, honey, listen. God's got this thing, and you know. I'll go, dad, will you shut up? <laughs> she goes, it was just a benign tumor. She's going to be fine. It wasn't nor blessed only again. You know, but I say that is because I'm starting, I started to learn what it really meant To humble myself under the scriptures to really truly believe what they said to me and to you whenever you're going through something. But it says that all things will work out for the good according to his purpose. For whom God did foreknow. And I just went over that passage. He also did pretend, uh, predestined to be conformed to the image, that he might be the firstborn among brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he called; whom he called, he justified; whom he justified, he glorifies. And all of a sudden, Paul the apostle has this explosion there in Romans eight, and he says, "So what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who or what can be against us? If God's for us, and sometimes I think we forget that truth." And we have to sit back and we have to remember, you're right, God, you're right. You're for me. You love me. Everything I go through, even if I don't understand what's going on, you've got this. In Psalms 29, 11, it says, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with what? Peace. Is that what the world is experiencing today? Not, nah, not too much. For the believer, I believe that yeah, there's a peace. There is a peace. Um, Jerry mentioned that on a, a message we sent out through live stream uh, the other day. That we have the peace that humans can't understand. A peace that surpasses human understanding. And we can have it. With the Holy Spirit's help. In Ephesians three sixteen, it says what should, uh, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened by, uh, with might by His Spirit, where in the inner man, a peace that surpasses human understanding, something that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. Say, okay, all right. I recognize so far. I recognize the way He views me—that I'm His servant, that I'm His friend. You know that I'm a child of God, and I know all this, and then I'm still experiencing maybe some some anxiety. Then I have to say, Holy Spirit of God, please create within me a peace, a peace in the inner man. There's a a passage in Second Timothy chapter four, uh, verse sixteen, where Paul was really going through. A lot, Paul the Apostle, I mean he's facing martyrdom, he's facing his friends forsaken him. you know he felt alone at times uh, he he said that, he goes, no matter what I've been through, I've learned to be content. but in second Timothy chapter four verse sixteen, he says, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I prayed God that it may not be held to their charge' But notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, preserve me unto, the, unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Right, guys? hey, listen, what do I mean now by um, humbling myself under um, the scriptures? There's a passage we read earlier in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, where it says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that in proper time he may exalt you, casting your anxieties on him because he's anxious for you. Now, I have to do a little Greek study for you because it's, I, to me it's really meaningful. The word to cast all your anxiety, you might have the translation that says cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. It's the same word. Uh, anxious, uh, anxiety, dread, dread in, in in Strong's translation. Um, cast them upon. The word literally to to cast is to heap upon. Just to to heap, right? Um, The word where he uses for, for he cares for you is the same word. Of course, the context is this. That God wants you to take your cares, your anxieties, your fears, your dread and heap them upon him because he's anxious for you to do it. He's longing for you to do it. He wants you to do it. And again, this is the way I read it out of the Greek. But it's like almost this: God saying, "You don't need to carry that. This is unnecessary." Humble yourself under my, under my word. Humble yourself. You know, have the Holy Spirit involved in this. And He's anxious for you to do that. He doesn't not want the believer. To, to be crippled by fear and anxiety. He wants you to be set free. Because the word said, whom the Son of Man has set free. He what? He is free indeed. We, we, we'll take that verse and think, oh, it's maybe addiction. May, no, I think it's a life passage. That God wants you to be a people who experience Freedom. Free from anxiety and f- free from dread, and he's anxious for you. To just say, "Lord, here it is. I give this to you. I cast it upon you." You know, we we see that verse in for the fear and anxiety anxiety sufferers. You know, many people today, and you know, they might tend to go to. Matthew's Gospel, verse, chapter 6, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And if you don't mind, I'll just read through it quickly. People will say, well, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or drink, nor yet what, for your body what you're going to put on. Is not life more than just meat, body, raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. They don't uh, gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. See, God is making a point. Which of you, by taking one thought, can add even one cubic to your stature? I know some people would like to think that you could, but... Why take a thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they, they don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet, I say to you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these... Therefore, if God's closed the field, grass of the field which dies today—I'm sorry, which today is and tomorrow's cast into the oven—shall not He much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Won't He take care of us? The unnecessary of having fear and dread with what's going on in society today. I remember when nine eleven happened. Boy, it's, for me, it was like it. Just happened just a few weeks ago. I can remember when I, where I was. I, I remember the first night I was standing on the tw- uh, Twin Tower uh, Foundation, three in the morning, you know, helping out down there, you know. But I, you know, what I really remember the calls that I got. Harry, is this it? Is, you think there's going to be a follow-up? And it was so much fear in the people that I talked to. And what answer can you basically give? Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's another terrorist in the sky but it, it kind of blew me away about how many people were so crippled with fear. But notice what he says again in verse 31. Therefore, don't take any thought saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where am I going to buy toilet paper? Where am I going to get a loaf of bread? You know, the way bread's made today, it's not going to be good in a week anyway. It's going to be green and moldy by the next day you open the package. Sorry. Sorry. Is it not true, though, or am I kind of just kind of, we'll freeze it. Well, the electrical go out. Then what? You have soggy bread. (laughs) He says in verse 32, for after these things do the Gentiles seek. Your Heavenly Father knows what you need of, of these things. But seek what? The kingdom first, right? The kingdom of God is righteousness, and all these things will be added in unto you. Verse thirty-four: Take no thought. Here's the question, the million-dollar question: Will we humble ourselves under this passage of Scripture and say, "What is he saying?" Three, three times he says, "Just don't take, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself." When the, when the disciples said, Lord, will you teach us to pray? Show us how to pray. He goes, okay, here's a model to follow. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, that's where I direct it. Your kingdom's coming. We've been preaching that the last several months. The eschatology, the second coming. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's what we want, amen? We will say, yeah, raise of hand. Yeah, we want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, right on. Give us this day our what? No, a month's fly, please, Lord. A year supply. Christian, what are you going to do if you did stock up on this thing, right? You stocked up on all your water and all your... And I'm not saying don't be prudent. I'm not saying, you know, you put your brain on this stuff. But here you have it. And your neighbor comes to you and said, My kids have no water. Do you have any extra? you going to hoard it? You're going to shoot them with a gun that you saved? No, we're different than that. We're to go and look, actually, for those that are in need. We're to look for the widow, to look for the orphan. That is what pure religion is to God, according to James. We're to feed the hungry. We're to visit the sick. Didn't we deal with this last week? We're to visit those that are in prison, not run away, not to be fearful. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And of course, that's where the peace comes from. Now listen, I know there's probably, you're out here today, so you would be classified probably as a low-level anxiety person. But there are a lot of people who would actually call this emotion, according to this article I just Red, they, they view it as an assault. They're being assaulted by anxieties and fear. It's crippling, you know. And again, seeing these verses, if, if these verses aren't real and alive and powerful, again, some of them can just become um, just quotes that we just quote off the top of our heads and they're devoid of power and they're devoid of meaning. They're devoid of Of any spiritual substance. You know sometimes. um, Fearful people will. Slip into this thing I call it. Scriptural medication. You know take one passage twice a day. For two weeks and your symptoms will go away. But that's not what the word is. I think again. When we look at Peter's exhortation there. um, About. Casting your cares upon him. He cares for you. And I think where we have gone wrong is we forgot verse, uh, was it verse 6? Yeah. We, take, we, we forget the part of humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. And when we do that, when we humble ourselves under His, under His hand, under His presence... Then the second part of that verse, casting my cares, now it becomes more, you know, it becomes more meaningful. And and it becomes more, maybe even easier to do this heaping because I put myself, humbled myself under his word. I read uh, a paraphrase to this verse. It's kind of wordy. And I'll, I'll just read it to you. I always have my own paraphrase. I call them Harris paraphrases. But I'll read this. It's not mine. But listen, listen to it carefully. It, it does make a lot of sense. It's, it should be a commentary, not a paraphrase. Humble yourself before God. This shouldn't be too difficult. After all, He is God and King. Lord of all. He is the Creator. You belong to Him. The creature is the possessor. Of the Creator. Humble yourself before your King. And here is one way to express this newfound posture of humility by casting your cares upon Him. When you come humbly before your King, it reveals His unlimited love. Who would have thought He actually wants you to cast your burdens on Him? You were never intended to carry those burdens alone. He is the mighty God. Who never leaves. You can trust him. This casting is no mere act of your own will. It comes as you know that he is God. And you are not. Oh. And you can be sure. That he will lift you up. From your kneeling position. And give you more than you could ever expect. The secret. Gang. With just scriptures and trusting in the scriptures and relying on the scriptures is before you quote it, just pause. Before you quote it, just pause. Start to think. You know, who am I addressing? What the, when I, when my favorite, fear thou not, for I am with thee. I think of how far God had to lower himself to be with me. You know, we're the only religious sect that believes that God humbled himself to become man. All other religion is you got to elevate yourself too. God humbled himself, became a man. I th- consider the greatness of God. Then you can just add your own confessions. Lord, I, you're, you're right. I haven't trust you. I thought of the worst. Why did I just go from A to Z just like that? Why don't, why don't I think from time to time? Wait a minute. What good can come out of this? Start to think it through. What good? You know what? What good can come out of this outbreak right now? Wow, we, could, we might have a chance to go minister to those that might come down sick. Or we might be able to go now and help the hospital out or help a clinic out. We have the opportunity now to go and tell our friends why we don't have. Some good will come out of this for the believer, those who love God. And then that verse, Isaiah 41.10 and and Peter's verse and and Philippians verse and and others, you know, they become so more real to me and I get to trust them. It's not a mantra. This thing, oh, I don't have to be afraid. Remember those sweet words that God has said to you maybe years before. Mine was 1974 when he spoke them words to me. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. He's with me because of his son. I'm your God. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my victorious right hand. Amen, guys? Greg, if you'll make your way out. And again, gang, this is just a good time for us, just a deep breath. God's got this, amen? P- pray for our church, you know, that God will continue to give us wisdom, you know, because we're taking it week to week. No case has been made known to me that anybody's sick. Everyone is trying to take precaution, you know. That's what you should do. Lower the curve. My concern for his church, his bride, is there's just unnecessary anxiety and fear and panic, right? Don't let me see you in Costco fist fighting over roll toilet paper. I'm sure we have enough we can loan you. Not that we would want it back, but you know what I mean. But can we we stand together this morning and let's pray. Let's pray for our country. Let's continue to pray for President Trump. Pray for the opposition. And and pray that people will start to see, and I don't know if it's done purposely or not, but the media is not being totally truthful with you. So just, just be careful. That's all I'm saying. You know, there is fake news. There really is. When you hear percentages, that's usually where it's fake. 30% of, yeah, of what? Just be careful. That's all I'm saying. You're smart people. Use your wisdom. Okay, guys? So as Greg's leading us out, let's pray for our country. And I want you to pray right in your seat for the next five minutes. Just pray in your seats and pray for our country. Pray for our church, right? That God will show us exactly what to do and give us wisdom with it. Amen, guys? Right?